Good morning. You don't sound like you're awake yet. Come on. Good morning. There we go. That's better. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here uh, inside as well as those joining us uh, outside in their cars and then those who will be listening to this later on on the phone or on our podcast. Um, We've got a couple announcements and things for you. One thing I want to make mention of, um, the animated documentary, The Jetsons, was set in the year 2062. Uh, And during that time, George Jetson was 40 years old. So right now, somewhere in this world, sometime this year, George Jetson is being born. So just keep that in mind for what it's worth to you. (laughs) I will now turn it over to Sheila with the useful information. (laughs) My announcements are a little bit more pertinent, I believe. (laughs) Um, Most of the announcements you can read for yourself. I do have a few Um, that are not on there, and one I want to highlight. We do need greeters for the fourth Sunday of the month. Um, If you're interested, please let Linda know. A huge thank you to all the painters that were here on Friday. In case you didn't notice, we have nicely painted lines in the parking lot, and our benches out back have been repainted. So kudos to that painting team that was here on Friday in that heat doing that. After worship today, we are going to be moving the uh, benches back into the pavilion. We need help with that. And we're also moving the picnic tables out of the garage in preparation for our ice cream social on the 24th. Ice cream social, we need some volunteers. So if you can see your way to help us on the 24th, Please see me after worship. I've got a sign-up sheet. Um, Also on the ice cream social, if you normally take a sign to put in your yard, we do have signs available now to go out today. Um, We are looking for some coolers, like your regular family size coolers. This year, we could not get Culver's for our ice cream. Frosty Joe's is working, Joey is working with us. Unfortunately, that means we have to have all the ice cream here and we have to keep it cold. So um, we're going to need some extra coolers to keep all the, the variety of things cold that we have to do that night. So if you've got a cooler you could loan us for that evening, let me know. Um, or if you have a pop-up canopy that we can put over a picnic table that night, please let us know that also. Um, line dancing, for those of you that come to line dancing, we will have dancing on the 15th and the 22nd of this month, but not the 29th. Our collection of caps, the plastic caps that we've been collecting, is growing, and it is time to start sorting, cleaning, and weighing them so that we can order our bench. Parents, we need children to help with this. Luann would like your input as to a day and time that works for you so that she can coordinate two or three days to get this done. She's hoping to use the children of the church to help sort the um, caps. Her phone number is in the directory. Also, I have some free circus tickets here that I will be giving out to the children 
or if your child or grandchildren are not here and you'd like one, let me know. They're for um, free admission for kids with a paid adult admission to the Toledo Speedway later this month. They've got a circus, I guess, and this gives the kids a free ticket to the circus. So that can, oh, one other thing. You received an extra handout this morning that was sent to us through the district. We are part of the Heritage District as our church. And as you can see from the second sheet, there are numerous churches that are going through transition this year. That means their current pastor is leaving and they will be receiving a new pastor. And so we've been asked to pray for those churches that are going through transition. And the first sheet gives you some ideas on how you might be able to pray for those churches. So we would ask you to do that. Thank you. Now, please join me for the call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will, I will praise, praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Happy are those who help is the God of Jacob who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and who, who executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free and lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord watches over the stranger and upholds the orphan and the widow. The Lord will reign forever. Praise the Lord. And our first song this morning is number 384, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. <clears throat> Glory in thy perfect love. 
finished then thy new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Let us see thy great salvation, perfectly restored in thee, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Please join me for our opening prayer. All praise to you, most holy and gracious God. You have set us free from fear and filled us with good things. You surprise us with your grace and give us all we need. Even when we lose sight of your ways, you pull us back to you and overwhelm us all over again, reminding us of your power, your compassion, and your justice. All praise to you, our triune God, now and forever. Amen. Our next hymn is page 399, Take My Life and Let It Be. my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee take my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store Take myself and I will be Ever only all for thee Please join me in our prayer for illumination. By the power of your Holy Spirit, 
Startle us with your word, O God, and awaken us to your truth for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews 9, verses 24 through 28, the NRSV version. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin from the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks, thanks be, be to God. Freely we have received, freely we give. With joyful hearts, let us bring our tithes and offerings to God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. O God, you give us life. You are the source of every blessing. These offerings are but a token of our gratitude to you. Use them and us to work your will in this world you love, and let all we say and do be to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now it's time for our youth moment. If any of our youth and children would come on up by the front, and I will meet you uh, in front of the altar area. How are you doing today? How are you doing? You're good, all right. So school over? School done for the year? Right, so it's summer break now, right? Do you know what kind of stuff happens during the summer? What kind of stuff happens in the summer? So one of the things that I know that happens in the summer, and it happens other times of year too, but it happens a lot in the summer, is stuff grows. 
So like when farmers plant all their, their crops during the summer is when a lot of the stuff grows. That's when we start seeing like corn stalks growing and wheat and grain and uh, soybeans and strawberries and blueberries and all kinds of fun stuff. Cherries, yeah. Yeah, they, we have a lot of those at our house, too. Those are good. So can you see out the window? Do you see those really big trees out there? So those trees, you know, those weren't always that big. No, they, they started in seeds that were really small. And now they're that big. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool how God works? Do you know... I used to be like this big a long time ago. Yeah. And now look at me. I'm huge. You used to be only this big, probably, somewhere in, in this general size range. Yeah, you too. Your dad, he used to be really small too, and, and look at how tall he is now. That's one of the really cool things about how God works is God can take little things and make them grow and be really big. And just like a little seed grows into a, a big tree or a little baby grows into a, a bigger person over time, good things come in small packages. My grandma used to tell me that when I was little which is kind of funny now because I'm a lot bigger than my grandma is now. She's, she's a lot smaller than I am. So I tell her now that good things come in small packages. Um, and I want you to remember that, that no matter how old you are, how big or small you are, God can do amazing things with you, okay? So if anyone ever says, well, you're not big enough to help with this, well, that's okay, because you know what? There's other stuff that you're the perfect size to help with. There's other things that you're the perfect size, the perfect age, the perfect you to do and help with, okay? I don't know, but I'm sure we will see them soon. Yeah, some of them might be on vacation since school's over. So, can you think of something that you have seen that was really small and now is bigger? Do you have any pets at home? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> Have you ever seen a kind of dog called a Saint Bernard? They, um, they're really, really big. Um, a friend of mine had one as a puppy and he was only about maybe this big. And then I saw him again 
the following summer, and he was walking this gigantic dog. And I said, did you guys get another St. Bernard? He said, no, it's the same one. They grow really, really big. Like, if you had him lay down, he would be longer than this, and they're just huge. What This one always makes me laugh. So at our house, there's two houses away from us. And when we moved in, one of the other neighbors told us that they had gotten a, a little pot-bellied pig a couple years ago. And I guess, and by all means, correct me if I'm wrong here, folks, but someone told me that there are some pigs that stay small. This wasn't one of those. Her name is Sophie. Sophie is now, um, let's see, what would be a good comparison? Sophie's... Do you see where Mr. Rick is sitting? So that, that box area, Sophie's almost that big and lives in the house. Yeah, I, and it's not a big house. Um, and Sophie is very friendly, um, and she likes to have races around all our yards with their golden retriever. And Sophie's a lot faster than she looks. But again, see... Funny things like that happen sometimes. Something that can be really little can become really big. Okay? Does that all, all does that kind of make sense? Sort of? Yeah? Okay. So, what are you guys going to do later today? What's your, what's your plan for the rest of Sunday? Very cool. That sounds like fun. All right. You guys are awesome, and I really appreciate you coming and hanging, up, hanging out with me up here. Can you help me with one more thing before I give you your suckers? Okay. Can we do the Lord's Prayer? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Awesome job. And it's up to your daddy. You can, if your daddy says it's okay, you can have two. If not, just take one because I don't want to get you in trouble or me. Exactly. High five.
All right. In your bulletin, you will see a list of our prayer requests. Um, we are continuing praying for Dee Warner and her family. She is still missing from her Tecumseh home. Uh, we have continued prayers for uh, Bill Marshall and Sherry. Um, it sounds like the new medicine he is on has really been helping. He's returned to work. Um, so continued prayers for them. Uh, Martha's sister is still recovering from her head injury. Continued prayers of healing for her. Uh, reminder that Nancy Warren is back in the area. She is a resident at Gaslight Village Assisted Living and Memory Care over in Adrian. Um, if you have a chance, send her a card or give her a phone call. Um, a big thank you to everyone for their prayers the past few weeks for uh, baby uh, Maddox. He tested negative for cystic fibrosis, so um, that is just amazing and um, very happy that um, he will not have that challenge um, in his life. Uh, we have continued prayers for Chris Smith, a former colleague and friend of Sheila's. Uh, he had a second stem cell transplant to help fight multiple uh, myeloma. Uh, and prayers for healing are needed. Um, the first time he had the transplant, it helped a lot, so they're very optimistic and hopeful that this one will, uh, will do a good job as well. Um, and then continued prayers for Wilda and Paul. Uh, Wilda had fell last week and has a compressed vertebrae. Um, she was in a lot of pain, um, and it's going to take a while for relief there. Um, she also uh, recently had to go to the emergency room because she wasn't doing well, um, but was able to go home. Was it the same day or the next day? I think it was the next day, um, and is doing better, but she still has that pain, and um, Paul is still... Um, He's a, it's hard to watch someone you love when they're struggling, when they're in pain. So prayers for him for strength and... Um, okay. Um, and then also, as uh, Sheila mentioned, we have uh, several prayers, prayers, we have several churches in our district who um, are in transition in their pastoral leadership. Um, and so uh, we want to be lifting them up. Uh, it's uh, Albion, Allen, Blissfield, Emanuel, Canton, Cherry Hill, Carlton, Concord, Hudson, Ida, Lulu, Marshall, uh, Macon, which is very nearby here, uh, Morency and Weston, North Parma and Springport, Pope, Quincy, Tecumseh, which is obviously very close to here as well, um, Ypsilanti First and Ypsilanti St. Matthews. Um, so they are all uh, in the process of saying goodbye to their current pastors and preparing uh, to receive their new pastors um, in the beginning of July. So um, please keep them in your prayers, um, as well as the, all those pastors, those who are leaving and those who are coming. Um, leaving um, an appointment uh, can be very hard because as pastors we, you know, we hopefully get to know you guys and um, you become like family. Um, and so leaving can be, can be hard. 
Um, but coming into a new church can be, can be challenging too. Um, you know, coming in during a pandemic was definitely ex an experience I will never forget and hope to never repeat. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it can, it's always a challenge. You never always know, um, you know, what to expect. But I believe especially our congregations as, as children of God, there's very easy things we can do to make not just our pastors, but anyone who comes to our doors welcome. And I am very thankful for everything you all have done and the Stony Creek, Creek Church has done um, as I and my family have come in. So if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Let us pray to the God who knows our needs even before we ask, saying, heal us, O God, make us whole. Our cities and nations are governed by greed. Our towns are fueled by gossip, not grace. Heal us, O God, make us whole. Our churches seek out those who are like-minded. We allow disagreements to divide us. Heal us, O God, make us whole. Your people have become accustomed to war and tolerant of violence in our streets and our homes. Heal us, O oh God, make us whole. Your children are hungry and cannot find shelter while their brothers and sisters seek after luxury. Heal us, O oh God, make us whole. We lie to ourselves and to one another. Heal us, O oh God. Make us whole. We are felled by disease and suffer anxieties. Heal us, O oh God. Make us whole. We are grieved by death even while we wait in hope for you. Heal us, O oh God. Make us whole. You are trustworthy, O oh God, and in you is life. For hearing our prayers, calming our fears and bringing us ever nearer to your realm of peace and justice for all we give all thanks and praise now and forever amen christ came into the world to save us from sin once and for all because of his sacrifice for us god waits in mercy to forgive let us confess our sin before god and one another if you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Forgive us, Lord, when we think too highly of ourselves and clamor after privilege and honor. Forgive us, Lord, when we cannot lift our gaze because we do not believe we have anything to give. You have given us the best gift of all, freedom from all that harms us and the way to abundant life. Have mercy on our foolishness and heal our lovesick hearts that we may live faithfully for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God,
The news is good, and it is for you and for all. In Jesus Christ, all our failings are washed away. Our thirst for goodness is quenched. Remember your baptism and be glad. Amen. Please join me for our affirmation of faith. The Apostles' Creed, Ecumenical Version 882. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning is from Psalms 146, NRSV version. Praise for God's help. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On the very day their plans perish. On that very day their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphans and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Our Our next song is page 438, 40 in thy name, O Lord. Be may 
sat at my right hand, whose eyes mine inmost substance see, and labor on at thy command, and offer all my works to thee. For thee, delightfully, with even joy and closely walk with thee to Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 8 through 16. The header for this section is the widow of Zarephath. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, so I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. The word of God for the people of God. And you say... Thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy and wonderful God, we come before you today with a hunger. We carry a hunger for mercy and patience. We hunger for justice and freedom for the oppressed. We hunger for your everlasting grace and unconditional love. We ask you to continue to feed us so that we may go out and help feed others for your glory and the glory of your kingdom. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all. We have come to the message or sermon time in our worship service, and today we're going to be continuing into the second week of our current sermon series, Faith and Food, Tackling Hunger. And it ties into the focus for this year's annual conference, 5K, uh, that worked to raise money for childhood hunger relief. 
I am very happy to say that um, last year, the annual conference 5K raised around $10,000. This year, they raised over $30,000, um, including, if I remember reading right, about half of that coming from one uh, church. Um, so a lot of good work is being done. And as I mentioned last week, hunger is still a serious problem in our world, both in faraway places and right here on our very doorsteps. There are as many as 13 million children just in the U.S. alone who live in food insecure homes or households that don't have enough food for every family member to be able to lead a healthy life. Here in Michigan, we have over 300,000 children who are facing hunger or about one in seven children. And hunger can affect us in many ways in our life. Physical hunger can cause us to struggle to maintain focus. Some children end up repeating grades and struggle in school. Many children experience developmental impairments in areas like language and motor skills. And children and adults are much more likely to struggle with behavioral and social problems. And then we have spiritual hunger, which can also affect people in terribly negative ways, as we talked about last week. People can get hangry, both physically and spiritually, when they have not been fed and received the nourishment that they need. Food, both physical and spiritual, shows up countless times in our scripture passages. You can flip your Bible open to almost any page and find some mention of food or of people gathering for a meal and talking about life and faith and, and other topics. A meal shared with others is sacred time, and we gain not only physical nourishment, but also spiritual nourishment, even if at that time we are not talking specifically about faith with one another. The truth is that as humans, we are better when we are together, and we come together most often around food. I also said last week that as Christians, we are given the responsibility to be the hands and the feet of Jesus out in the world. I talked about how God calls us each to feed one another and the countless ways that Jesus showed that to the disciples, both physically feeding people and spiritually feeding people. We know there are many ways we can do this, from the examples in scripture to the ministries that many of you are already involved in, like supporting our food pantry, um, school food programs, and many other wonderful opportunities. But I wonder sometimes, what else is holding us back at times from helping to feed people, whether physically or spiritually? It's not that we don't know how to do it, and I don't believe that we are unaware of the opportunities to help feed people. So what else might we be struggling with that sometimes may prevent us from helping to feed others? And I want to answer that question, but let's first go to our scripture reading and then we'll come back. In our reading that you just heard, our primary reading for today from the book of 1 Kings, we hear the story of the widow of Zarephath. Now, I want to be upfront and honest about two things. The first is that I remember hearing this story in Sunday school a handful of times uh, when I was younger, but then nowhere else. 
I do not remember any sermons on it, although I could have been sleeping or maybe missed that particular Sunday. But it seems like this early miracle story gets left behind amongst some of the bigger stories in Scripture, if you will. It does show up in year B of the Revised Common Lectionary, so it does have a chance to come up now and again, but it rarely seems to be um, a real focus. The second thing is that never until I was putting this series together did I realize the header for this section of passages, the widow of Zarephath. It just sounds like a great title for maybe a horror or thriller movie or book like Harry Potter and the widow of Zarephath or Scooby-Doo and the gang meet up with the widow of Zarephath. I don't know, it's something, something about it. And in hindsight, the people that we learn about in this story, they themselves may have felt like they were in something of a horror situation, obviously not a movie as those hadn't been invented yet, but I want to dive in and look again at what we find in this story of the widow of Zarephath. We have our prophet Elijah who is out and about doing the things that God asks him to do, talking to certain groups of people, declaring the word of the Lord for whom it has been given, and so on and so forth. And God tells him to go to a town named Zarephath and to live there with a certain widow who is going to feed and care for him. And Elijah does as God commands because Elijah is a good prophet of the Lord and trusts in God. He heads out, and at the gate of the town, he finds this widow who is gathering sticks, and he asks her for a drink of water. She heads off to get it when he calls after her and also asks for a morsel of bread. And here's where things get interesting. She replies back to him, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Well then, not quite the reception most people would be expecting. Seems like the town of Zarephath is kind of a downer. But Elijah, again, trusting in God, replies to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of meal will not be emptied. And the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, I have to admit, I would have loved to have seen the reaction on this woman's face, or at the very least, to hear the thoughts in her head at this moment. Here she is with virtually no food, or much of anything else for that matter, and this stranger tells her to feed him something. And this comes after... She tells him that she's going to make whatever she can out of her virtual nothingness that she has so that her and her son can eat it and then die. She wasn't just being pessimistic about her situation here. She had actually accepted it and was living into the very little bit of time left. She wasn't trying to deny her circumstances. She had come to peace with them. She accepted her fate, and the fate of her son for that matter, 
and was just going about her last few days or hours on this earth. I don't want to say that she had given up, but it seems that she has come to terms with the present reality of her situation as she was able to understand it. This was her end. There was no saving her or her son in her eyes and in her rationale. Let us eat the little bit we have left and then die. Plain and simple and rather matter of fact, too. And when you realize that, it makes this moment even that much more powerful in a way. But in the end, she decides to go and do what Elijah tells her to do, and everything works out just as Elijah tells her it would. Scripture says she went and did as Elijah, Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Now, I do remember in the times when this, I heard this story in, in Sunday school, people saying things like, wow, her faith in God was rewarded. This is a great story about having faith in God. Except here's the thing. We don't know, based on what we're told in the story, if she actually believed in God like Elijah did or any other God for that matter. Remember, when Elijah talks to her, she says, as the Lord your God lives, not the Lord our God lives or my God lives. So I don't think we can fairly assume that this story is about her having faith in God. I think it definitely reflects positively on Elijah's faith in God, but beyond that, we might be reaching a bit too far. So then what is one of the messages that we find here. What could be the learning opportunity found here, not just for the widow, but for us today? Because if you remember, I have said time and again how every scripture passage has multiple messages to be shared based on the time, the context, who is reading or listening, etc. There's rarely, if ever, one single message to be found in any given passage of scripture. The Bible is this book that has spoken and continues to speak and will continue to speak to generation after generation after generation and far beyond. We just have to be willing to listen and take into consideration what we read with the context of when that particular history occurred versus the world we are in now. Well, the message that I have been hearing from this particular passage again and again as I read through it comes back to the mentality that we work from in life. What I mean by that is in this story, the widow's response to Elijah shows that she is living and working from a mentality of scarcity, believing that she does not have enough to also help feed him or even last beyond a meal today, and so she and her son will die. Oftentimes we find congregations as well as individuals can be working from a scarcity mentality and worrying about how little they believe they have and can do in ministry. Churches who may be struggling financially can often fall into this mentality. 
But there are also some churches for whom finances are not a major concern, but maybe there is a perceived lack of commitment to do ministry or a shrinking membership number. In a world that can seem so heartless and cutthroat at times, it's easy to see how congregations and individuals can fall into a mentality of scarcity when looking at what ministry opportunities they have before them. We don't have enough people. No one will commit to helping with programming. We can't even afford to keep the lights on. How can we afford to put on a vacation Bible school event this summer? Any of those sound familiar? And I'm not bringing this up to make anyone feel bad or ashamed or guilty that it's not my intention. We all fall into the scarcity mentality at some point or points in our lives. The fear of not having enough is terrifying. No one wants to feel like they have failed or they are totally destitute. But I need everyone to remember that the story of the widow of Zarephath is the opposite of a scarcity mentality. It is an instead an inspiring story that comes from a mentality of abundance and working to make the absolute best use of the resources that we have to make an impact in the world for others, no matter how big or small. Yes, the widow only had a little oil and a little meal, but God made it last. She accepted that she would die soon, but God changed her circumstances. From extraordinary little can come extraordinarily big things. Good things come in small packages, as you heard me say earlier. But what if we changed our mentalities, our mindsets, to work from a place of abundance instead of scarcity? What if we trusted God enough to take the chance or eat on what may seem like little things to help others, trusting that God will carry them into abundance for others, even though maybe not in our direct view? We never really know in life how much something that may seem so small and insignificant to us can have an impact on someone else. Even when we feel like we have almost nothing to give to God, or maybe we even feel like we have absolutely nothing left to give to God, God can take even the smallest gift, the smallest offering, the smallest promise, and make something gigantic and amazing happen. Our God is a God of abundance. Our God is all-powerful. Our God is a God of mercy, grace, and love. If we can even just love each other, including our enemies, we are already then working from a place of abundance because we are loved by a God who has more than enough love for the entire world and all of creation. I pray that we can embrace a mentality of love and abundance and trust that God will help us to be fruitful in our ministries and our outreach and in every interaction we have with one another. 
Amen. Our uh, closing praise song this morning is Open the Eyes of My Heart, uh, and this particular version is by Paul Beloshi. Um, there are several Christian artists who have uh, covered this song, so hopefully some of you will be a little familiar with it, even if not this particular version.
Beloved children of God, go out into the world with courage, trusting God to supply your every need. May the abundant goodness of God, the generous mercy of Christ, and the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day until the coming of God's joyous reign. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. And also a reminder, if anybody can help us move uh, some of the chairs back into the pavilion that are just outside of it right now, and then we have some picnic tables uh, inside the garage that we need to move outside the garage today. We appreciate the help. <laughs> 